Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on June 26, 2022, on the basis of Genesis chapter 39. Grace and mercy and peace are yours in times of strength and times of vulnerability. Amen. When Joseph was younger and he dreamed about what his life was going to be, he pictured what his life was going to be, what do you think was in that that picture? We can read the the story of Joseph and we can know a few things uh, about him and, and because we know a few things about him, maybe we can make an educated guess. Joseph was a a hardworking guy that seemed to have a particular drive to succeed. Now, now sure, you could say he was given certain advantages in life. He was the the son of Jacob's favorite wife. Uh, Again, that gives you a little hint into the family dysfunction there. But he he was the son of Jacob's favorite wife, which gave him a certain head start in, in certain things. But you also have to imagine that he was Jacob's favorite in life uh, for more reasons than just that. Now, if you take Joseph's life as a whole, not just what we know till this point, um, it, it seems like Joseph handled responsibility really well. It's so well that, that even at a young age, at the age of 17, we're told, he was entrusted to oversee the work that his brothers were doing. We, we saw that a little bit last week as Joseph was the one who was bringing reports of the brother's work back to his, his father, Jacob. He was also the one that Jacob entrusted to go to Shechem to check on the brothers who were working and tending flocks out in, in, the, in the field. So, in light of all of this, you might be able to, to guess that maybe Joseph had fairly high hopes to take over for his future, high hopes for his, his life. That maybe he would be the one who would take over for his accumulate that he would be entrusted with the hell we, we can say that this and knowing Joseph a little bit, and because Joseph wanted to be so great, but he wanted to, to serve in a meaningful way. He wanted to contribute. We can't know for sure what, what Joseph's picture of his future was, but I think we can be, by his own brothers, uh, to a band of, of Ishmaelites and taken to Egypt where he would serve as a band of Ishmaelites who, who were traveling through, who had bought uh, Joseph from his, his brothers, had taken him down to Egypt and sold him to a man named Potiphar. And we're only given a, a few details about Potiphar and who he was, uh, but it's enough to know that Potiphar was a pretty important guy. He was called the, the captain of the guard, which would have put him in a, in a pretty top position or, or vital position in Pharaoh's government. And Joseph was in his house and served under him for something like, we maybe would estimate, 10 years. And he served diligently. And during his time in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's house thrived. As long as Joseph was in a position of responsibility, his house was incredibly prosperous because Joseph was blessed by God and he was a diligent worker which kind of makes you admire Joseph a little bit, right? Despite everything that had happened to him, uh, despite his life turning out completely different than he ever thought, he still faithfully served in in the station that he was at. Being a slave in Potiphar's house, he he served. Now, sure, you you can bet he had his bad days, right? 
His days where he wondered, why am I here? Why, why did God allow this to happen to me? But by and large, you get the sense that Joseph accepted his lot in life, trusted God, and served diligently under Potiphar. And that did not go unnoticed by Potiphar. It, you, you saw a couple different uh, phrases that, that made you, you think, okay, Joseph was promoted again and again and again. In, in that 10 or so years that he spent in Potiphar's house, he, he probably went from being on the, the way bottom to being promoted to as high as you could be as a slave in Potiphar's house. Uh, he was so trusted by Potiphar that it even said that Potiphar didn't worry about anything that was under his, his care. The only thing that Potiphar seemed to care about was the food that he ate, but everything else was completely up to Joseph. In all of this, you, you got to think, Joseph is just a great picture of a guy who persevered. Things were maybe not that easy when he first got to, to Egypt. Uh, there was a lot of emotional turmoil for him, uh, I'm sure. And, and maybe the, the slavery thing was probably not so easy either. But God was with him, blessed him. He, he was promoted, and now uh, it wasn't the way he thought his life would turn out, but, but things were, were okay. He was doing all right being the guy in charge of Potiphar's house uh, until uh, Potiphar's wife noticed him. So Joseph had been promoted to the point where it seems like he was brought into Potiphar's house. He actually lived in Potiphar's house with him. And so that would put him in pretty close contact with Potiphar's wife. Now add to that what we know about Potiphar's job. He's an important guy in Pharaoh's government, right? I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that Potiphar was gone quite a bit. He wasn't in the house a whole lot. And so all of that created the perfect storm, the perfect storm for the devil to, to work, right? But this wasn't the first time that the devil had worked or, or tried to work on, on Joseph. He had been working on Joseph his whole life, I'm sure, and, and especially when he got to Egypt. But maybe those temptations, they just looked a little different when he first got to Egypt, right? As he was sold into slavery, as he was in this perhaps emotional turmoil at that point. Maybe the temptation when he first got there was more to hate his brothers because they were the cause of him being in Egypt. And maybe the temptation was to harbor that resentment towards his brothers. Or, you know, he could have blamed somebody else. He could have blamed God for that. So maybe the devil was tempting Joseph to put that all on God. God, why are you doing this to me? Maybe the temptation was impatience. Maybe it was to despair of his circumstances. But as his circumstances shifted, now things are going okay, right? As his circumstances shifted, well, then so did the temptation. And now the temptation was pleasure. Take what's in front of you right now, Joseph. Take what, what feels good. What might give you a fleeting moment of, of happiness. Because remember, his life had been turned upside down, right? He, he, he was in a world of troubles. Even if life was okay at this point, he had every excuse to, to take that fleeting moment of pleasure. And you know, in a worldly sense, in a sinful way of thinking, it would have been a little respite for him. It would have been an escape, so to speak. But Joseph refused. He refused the temptation. He knew that this would be a violation against his master, who trusted him and who Joseph seemed to respect. 
But ultimately, you heard what Joseph said, right? He said, this wouldn't just be a violation against my master, but this would be a violation against God. How could I do a wicked thing, this wicked thing, and sin against God? Joseph loved God. He served God, and he didn't want to do anything to violate that relationship with God, and so he remained obedient to him. But Potiphar's wife did not let up. Do you look at verse 10 there again? I want to point out a couple things in verse 10. Uh, it says that, he, that she spoke to Joseph day after day. So this, this wasn't just a one-time thing. Uh, she, she was not crestfallen when he said no the first time. She kept going. She was persistent. She came to him day after day, that the, just like the, the, the devil tends to work. He works relentlessly on us. He preys on our weaknesses. He exploits our circumstances. As we heard in 1 Peter 5 today, he is that roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, also, if you look at, at verse 10 here, um, you could see that, that Joseph was under, under no illusions of his own strength. At the end of verse 10, it says, he didn't just refuse to go to bed with her, he refused to even be with her. He wasn't going to put himself even in the situation where he would be tempted. He did not want to open the door to the devil at all. He didn't want to give the devil a, a foothold because he knew that this temptation would be strong, it would be hard to resist, and so he didn't want to put himself in that situation. And it kind of makes you think, are we that alert? Are we that diligent? Or do we tend to maybe walk through life a little unaware of the traps that the devil is laying for us? Only to find out that all of a sudden, we're in an incredibly tempting situation. But maybe it's not even just our, our unawareness. Maybe it's that we actually willingly put ourselves in tempting situations, thinking that maybe we'll come out unscathed. You know what that's like? That's like us walking into a lion's den and expecting not to get mauled, not to get devoured. It's foolishness. It's foolishness to, to let the devil have this opportunity, to give the, the devil an opportunity to take advantage of you, to devour you. Uh, whether it, it's the people you surround yourself with in life that you know that they're going to tempt you to do that, but you continue to be around them. Maybe it's the, the internet site that, that you visit, that you linger on. You know it's going to tempt you, but, but you, you linger on it anyways. The, the devil's a roaring lion. That's no laughing matter. He will devour you. But he hadn't got Joseph to this point. Now, I'm not saying Joseph was perfect. He, he certainly was, and he was a sinner just like us. And he had his temptations and sins that he had fallen into. But for this particular one, the devil hadn't got him yet. Joseph had avoided those tempting situations. But one day, he found himself in an incredibly tempting situation. He came to the house to, to take care of his duties like he normally did, but there was no one there. There was no servants milling around. It was just him and Potiphar's wife. Now, what we know about Joseph, he's a man of, of great character, of high integrity, right? But even Joseph knew that this was a dangerous situation. Even, though, even he knew that this was bad news. He had no delusions of his own strength. But he ran. When, when he found himself in that tempting situation, he ran away from that sin. Because for Joseph, on a deep level, it was more about his 
love for God than it was about his desire for pleasure. He had more love for God than his desire for, for pleasure. He didn't want to um, he didn't want to violate that relationship with God, and so he was obedient to, to him. Which for us is something we can learn from, right? It's instructive, but at the same time, it's also incredibly convicting, right? Because we have willingly exposed ourselves to temptations. We flirted with temptation. Maybe because we thought we were strong enough to, to handle it, that, that temptation is not, not going to get me. Or uh, uh, maybe it, it was we actually liked to entertain the possibility of what that temptation might bring us. But that's not even the worst part, right? Because we, we know that in those times we have put ourselves in tempting situations, it's been shown that we've been weak. <laughs> because we have given in to temptation. We've sinned against God. We've sinned against others. Maybe we thought we could withstand that temptation but we couldn't. And maybe even if we tried to, to avoid tempting situations, like Joseph found himself in an unexpected one, maybe we have too. Maybe temptation found us and devoured us spiritually. That's a message that, that this text wants to bring us, right? And I, I do hope that that's a takeaway that we have today, that we want to avoid tempting situations, situations that we might fall into sin, that might... Uh, play towards our, our weaknesses. But certainly that's not the, the whole story. <laughs> certainly that's not even the, the main message of the Bible. The main message of the Bible is not what you are running away from, but who you are running to. Because we run to Christ, right? Like we sang before. For absolution. To hear the words of forgiveness in our ears as a balm to hear, heal the wounds that, that sin has left. We need to hear that forgiveness that, that heals past weaknesses, past times where we have fallen into sin. And we need to hear those words of forgiveness to give us strength to move forward in, in the future. We need to hear about how Christ did not wait for us to run to him, but he ran to us. He ran from heaven to earth and took on human flesh for us. He ran to a mankind that was so hurting physically and spiritually, and he came to bring healing. Where no one else would have, he ran to the cross to complete the work that he came to complete. We need to hear about the Christ who ran to us first, who, who wasn't going to wait for us to take the first step, but it came all the way, just like he did for, for Bailey today. He didn't wait for Bailey to take one step towards him. He came running to her. He came into her heart. He washed her of all of her sins. He forgave her, gave her the gift of the Holy Spirit. She didn't take one step towards him today, but he came all the way for her. He ran to her and gave her his, his grace. I want to just kind of, in light of all of that, and thinking about how Christ ran to us and how we need to hear that constantly, I want to read for you the, the verses that we sang before, verse, just, just verse 3 of, of that hymn, I Run to Christ, because I think it's particularly pertinent to this, this text here. It says, I run to Christ when stalked by sin and find a sure escape. Deliver me, I cry to him, temptation yields to grace. I run to Christ when plagued by shame and find my one defense. I bore God's wrath. He pleads my case. 
my advocate and friend. Jesus is the cure for past weaknesses, and he is the strength for future ones, and we need that strength. We need that strength because we live in a world of temptation. We need that strength just like Joseph did. Joseph needed that strength to know that he had made the God-honoring decision in this circumstance because his life is about to change drastically, and it seemed to change because of his obedience. After all, he, he was obedient to God, right? He, he kept God's law. He didn't break it. He didn't commit adultery. He, he did what was honorable. He ran away from temptation, but you saw Potiphar's wife. She twisted things. She twisted the story and got Joseph thrown into to prison. And so now Joseph is sitting in prison, seemingly being punished for doing what was God-honoring. And he needed strength. He needed strength to know that he did honor God in that despite how things turned out. He needed strength to continue to choose what was of eternal benefit for him because it hadn't turned out so well in an earthly sense to this point. He, he needed to trust. He needed the strength uh, to, to know that God had a bigger plan for his life even if he couldn't see it. And over the next few weeks, we'll see that. We'll see the big plan that God had for Joseph's life. But you can trust that God has a big plan for you, your life as well. You might not know what it is. You might not always see it. But you can trust that, that he does. And amidst that bigger plan, as that bigger plan is playing out, and the devil comes to you and attacks you, as he brings his temptations to you, run to Christ for grace, to hear the words of forgiveness in your ears, and for strength to battle temptations in the present and in the future. Amen. Hi there, this is Pastor Wilkie. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. I hope that you, you were built up in God's Word as we continued the sermon series on, on Joseph. If you'd like more content like this, you can visit us on our website at www.shirtchurch.com. And if you'd like to help us uh, reach more people more often with the Word of God, please hit subscribe uh, on whatever podcast station you, you listen to this on. Thanks and God bless.